0: If you can act as though, look, I've been here before. I've made this mistake before. I've dealt with this type of client before. I've dropped the ball in this kind of deadline before. If you can put yourself in the shoes of your team members and show them that you're just like them and kind of have that patience when things do go wrong because they're going to, they're going to respect you a lot more than if you're just kind of driving them and driving them and talking down to them. I think that's the biggest thing. If you can put yourself on an equal playing field as your team members and give them the idea that we're all in this together, we're all striving to achieve the same goals here, that is going to be big for your team. They're, gonna, they're going to work harder for you because they know that you have their back and they're going to have your back it, it creates that winning team mentality
1: hey 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 you are listening to the delegate your way to success podcast with me christy yoder i am the founder of smart Beings. I feel how entrepreneurs or business owners like you are passionate about business growth, efficient service delivery, time and money management. But I also feel your longing to do more and achieve more with lesser demand of time and resources within your 24 hour pie. So, my goal on this podcast is to help entrepreneurs like you get their time, freedom, and life back while growing your business. If you're ready to get your life back, spend more time with your friends and family, then you are in the right place. So, let's get started. Hey, and we're back. So, I am now with Mitch Schoenman. He is the co-founder of Showtime Media, which is a creative agency focused on branding, web design, and content creation. So, Welcome Mitch to the Delegate Your Way to Success podcast. I'm happy to have you here today.
0: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: You're welcome. So can you tell us about how you started your entrepreneurial journey or your business?
0: <laughs> yeah, I love telling the story about how we started. It's pretty uh, pretty unique, I think. So my wife and I moved to Nashville right after college. We went to college at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. We're both originally from Cleveland and we're back in Cleveland now. We Moved back here three weeks ago, I think. Yeah, oh. three weeks ago. It's all jumbling together now. But anyways, after college, we moved down to Nashville and we were both working in the corporate world. And she came home from work one day and just said, I hate my job. I think I could make more money managing people's social media. And I didn't know anything about social media management, marketing, anything like that. I was just in sales. I just got on the phone every day and made cold calls, that's what I did. And
1: are you one of those robo callers?
0: I wasn't a <laughs> robo. No, no. No. But um, but anyway, I I said, you know, okay, cool. So I put up an ad on Craigslist, no joke, cool, for cool. social media management because I had no idea where to start. And 2 weeks later we had two local clients in Nashville and we were off and running. We started off in social media management. Nice. Um, and, I was able to educate myself and my wife has continued to educate herself and um, we've gone on to be full service digital marketing, mostly focused now in branding and web design. Um, so it's changed a little bit, but it was born via a Craigslist ad.
1: <laughs> That's super cool. So when was this? Like what year did you start with your social media management thing?
0: That would be early 2018, I think, February
1: 2018. Cool. So three years ago, about. Awesome. Is that the Showtime Media right now?
0: Yes. That's All right. Yep.
1: <laughs> awesome. When you were starting out your business, you know, uh, your social media agency or however you call it, what are some of the mistakes that you wish you could have avoided?
0: Mm. The biggest mistake early on, and actually the reason that I was attracted to this podcast, because I think a lot of people need to hear it, is that we mm-hmm. did not delegate. I'll use the word. That's the title of your podcast. We, we <laughs> Yes.
1: Thank <laughs> we you for tried, helping me out with that. <laughs> of,
0: course, of course, We tried to take on every single responsibility in the business ourselves, and it resulted in us not having the bandwidth to complete the client projects that we needed to complete, and it would create backups in the sales process because I wasn't able to get to something on time or I wasn't able to make a call or whatever it might have been there just started to become these backups within the business that we couldn't overcome and unfortunately it kind of imploded us uh, right in the beginning of the second year of the business we lost quite a few clients and um, had a lot of trouble but we didn't give up we built it back up we learned how to delegate bring on mm-hmm. new team members and everything like that but if I could tell anybody, If I could take back a mistake that we made in the beginning and if I could help anybody to avoid a mistake, delegate before you think it's necessary. You know, start passing Mm -hmm. off tasks before you think it's necessary. Start training people to do the work that you do so that you can work on your business rather than in your business. I think if you can do that earlier than you think necessary, you're going to avoid a lot of pain that comes down the road from all the backups that are created from trying to do everything yourself.
1: Nice. Awesome. I love it. I feel like we're friends now because you love delegation. (laughs) I love delegation. (laughs) So when did you start to realize that you need help?
0: Too late. Uh, We started to realize that we needed help when issues began to arise. I mean, so we would start to feel extremely stressed out. We'd start to work extremely long weeks. And then the biggest issue that started to happen was that work started to suffer, right? Client projects started to suffer. Deadlines started to not be met. That's Mm -hmm. when we realized it what we needed to do was see that coming and have a little bit more foresight about, okay, here's what we can manage ourselves. Here's what we need help managing. Here's the help that we need to get in order to manage that, right? Yeah. And th- those are the things that we needed to be thinking about that we weren't. And so, yeah, that we realized it far too late.
1: <laughs> that, that's That's really cool. As a business owner, you really have to know what your focus are the things that you are good at and the things that you are not passionate about doing and then just delegate those things to to somebody else so when you were thinking of adding someone to your team do you already have like a budget for that or you're just kind of like just winging it like we need someone to be added to our team but we don't have a budget but let's just see what happens
0: yeah So in my opinion, for the health of business, I feel like you need to have a budget. And so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: what we did at the beginning was we only did it on a project basis. So we weren't Mm -hmm. able to hire anybody at the beginning on a salary, right? So we would say, can we bring this to you on a project basis? And we would do that. And so we would build it into our margins. I think that having it in your budget is extremely important for the longevity of your business. Mm -hmm. It's just how you incorporate it into your budget. So if you have the revenue to justify bringing someone on with a salary in a part-time or a full-time fashion, that's great. Do that. If -hmm. you figure out a way to incorporate the budget for your help Mm -hmm. into your profit margins on each project and find Mm -hmm. people, there's so many resources out there to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that either way it needs to be worked into your budget. It's just a matter of how.
1: Right. That's awesome. And I totally agree. So can you tell us about how you built your team?
0: Yeah. So we built our team largely through LinkedIn. So I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and People will reach out to me from time to time to do whatever it is. Social media management, SEO, web design, all this stuff. And so what I started doing was say, sure, send me your portfolio. We're always looking for people. And we started to bring those kinds of people on a a project basis. So if we needed help with the development of a website, we have our person. If we Mm -hmm. need help managing a social media account, we have our person for that. And that largely happened through LinkedIn
1: mm-hmm that's really cool. I have met a lot of awesome people on LinkedIn, and that's where we met as well. Yeah. So I love mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Those of you who are not utilizing LinkedIn yet, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you should <laughs> <For> <laughs> so sure. with Showtime media, you provide different kind of services like branding, web design, and content creation. When you hire a team member, what is that specific thing that you look for in an employee or your contractor
0: so I'm going to say something that not a lot of people look for because I've learned this the hard way. I look for bandwidth of projects. So I'm I'm looking at how much they can handle, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem that we've run into in the past is that we would bring on someone to help us with a certain service line, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go crazy on sales and bringing on new clients and everything like that. And then, uh-oh, they can't handle all that work. And so now I'm big on figuring out after the quality, of course, right? I feel like that one's obvious. I'm looking at the quality of the work, but that's with any any person that I bring on. So then the second most important thing is, can you handle the work that's going to be coming? If I can't meet deadlines because of the help that I'm bringing on, that's going to create huge issues within my business. So mm-hmm. I'm always looking at how many websites can you handle per month? Because mm-hmm. Kate and I do the design of the website. Mm -hmm. We don't code it. So I need a developer to help us do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking Mm -hmm. at how many websites can you code per month? Mm -hmm. Uh, How many social media posts can you get done per week on this account? You know, those types of things I'm looking at. Bandwidth is the second most important thing next to quality of work.
1: Mm-hmm. So what do you do when they weren't able to meet your expectations? Like, for example, for website development, web design or graphics, social media content, you know, designing something is it's very critical because it can be very subjective. If you have a design for the other person, it may look, yeah, it's good. But with you, it no, that's, that's not really my taste. So how do you uh, work with that?
0: Yeah, so in regards to, let me make sure I understand your question. You're asking, how do I deal with someone that doesn't have the bandwidth?
1: Uh, Not being able to meet your expectations.
0: I see, gotcha. So the first thing I always do is just have an open conversation. And I feel like a lot of people try to avoid that, right? Mm, For sure. A lot of people try to avoid the, (laughs) hey, I don't like this. This isn't what we were looking for conversation. Mm -hmm. But the funniest thing is a lot of times when you have those conversations, they're not even painful at all. It's like you just said. They think that the the design is great on their end. But for me, it's just not what we're looking for.
1: Right. We have to have
0: that conversation and say, okay, look, this is what the client is looking for, right? When I say me, it's really what the client's looking for. We're trying to do what's best for the client. Mm -hmm. And this is what the client's looking for. I like what you did here. I like what you did there. But for whatever reason, it's just not meeting the expectations of this particular client. Maybe it will meet another client down the road, but it's not going to meet the expectations of this client. And if you can phrase it like that to where it's not, this is awful. This is a terrible job. How could you do this? If you, yeah. that, I like what you did, but it's just not right for this project. A lot of times that conversation becomes painless because they understand they're a creative minded person as well. And so when two creative minded people start having those conversations, it can be actually really productive and it can cause some of the best ideas that you have when you start throwing those ideas at the wall. Right. And so I think the biggest thing, and I go back to this all the time, it's not just in dealing with someone, not meeting your expectations. It's in everything in your business. Communication is, it's a cliche, but communication is. Yeah. (laughs) That's right.
1: You know what? I really appreciate that you are taking the time to communicate with your contractor because some business owners, when they assign something to someone and then that person was not able to provide them with the result that they wanted, they would just, you know, easily give up and... Kick that person out of their company. But as a business owner, it's also your responsibility to train your people and to know, you know, to explain to them what's your vision for the task that you want them to do. And... I think also like some business owners, when they think about the word delegation, instead of thinking about positive side of it, like freeing so much space in your time or in your business or in you being able to do a lot of things for your business by just delegation, I think most business owners, they don't want to delegate because for them, it's such a hard task. They would rather do it themselves instead of just explaining what to do with someone else so what can you say to those kind of business owners
0: i think processes are the critical thing to this right so i used to struggle with that where it was it's more difficult to tell someone how to do this than just to do it myself but Mm -hmm. what i did was i just spent a lot of time creating processes on the front end that made it extremely simple to explain it to whoever was working on it right so for example when we do a website, we have an onboarding consultation form that is very in-depth. It takes us one to two hours nice. to sit through with a client. Mm-hmm. But what it does is it asks such detailed questions about what they like, what they don't like. There's inspiration sites that they tell us on each page. What do you like? What do you not like? It goes into such detail that when we get it to do the design, mm-hmm. there's no flaw in it at all. And then when it goes over to be developed, there's no flaw in it at all because everyone knows exactly what is needed throughout the process. So if you create processes on the front end that are extremely detailed and extremely right down to the nail, there's going to be a lot of errors eliminated along the way mm-hmm. because I think that's what people run into, right? They pass work off and then it has to go back and forth and back and forth because there's all these mistakes. There's all these expectations fail uh, being failed to be met. And if you can just be super detailed on the front end, that eliminates a lot of right now.
1: That's true. And even if you're not thinking about hiring somebody else to help you with your business. Having systems in place, organized processes, it's very helpful to you as a business owner. So you know how things work in your business and you're organized and you know you want to know how to create this kind of website for one customer. You know everything, you know the flow and you know what exactly the customer wants wanted. So that's really good. I love that. So aside from delegation, how are you currently planning to grow your business?
0: Yes. So right now it's just a combination of outbound sales, inbound marketing, and growing the creative team, right? So the thing is, when it comes to sales, if there's nobody on the back end to fulfill the work that you're selling, you're screwed, right? So mm-hmm. there's no way to get the work done. And so mm-hmm. right now it's bringing on creative team members, you know, content creators, web designers, all this stuff in-house rather than contractors. That's kind of how we're planning to do it because we need project managers. We need people communicating with the client and you know, combining that with you know, just higher levels every month that we grow of outbound and more ad spend to drive inbound leads. Mm -hmm. That's really the recipe for growth right now.
1: Yeah, that's true. Aside from delegation, is there any other challenges that you had when you were starting out your business or currently do you have any challenges or some things that you need to work on in your business and how were you able to overcome it?
0: Yeah, so let's start with beginning because I think every person starting out in their own business has this challenge. I mean, at first there's not a lot of revenue to generate spend on growth, right? right? And so there's a couple ways that you can do it. We bootstrapped it. We just grew slowly and stayed in our full-time jobs until we were right. able to replace. But you have to be willing to invest in your own business. So you have to be willing to say for us, it was, okay, we're in our full-time jobs. We have our income. None of the revenue from the business is coming to us. It's all going back into into the business to grow. And that's how we were able to get out of our full-time job. That was a struggle at the beginning because you want to take some of that revenue and pay yourselves because you're working hard for that money. Right. But you have to be extremely disciplined about that. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the biggest challenge in the beginning. Right. Just finding ways to grow that were cost effective at the time. Right now, the biggest thing is we're growing quickly, which is awesome. But with that comes growing pains, right? I'm talking about processes before, there's still a lot of processes that need to be created
1: right. as we
0: grow, because as team members come on, although I know how to do something, although Kate knows how to do something, there's no written process mm-hmm. for how that's done right yeah. now. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things in our business that that, that that is the case with. And so the biggest challenge right now is taking the time. I was going to say finding the time, but we have the time. We're just not taking the time.
1: Right. uh,
0: To create those processes for the people that are coming up.
1: Yeah. Isn't it so cool if you can print out all your ideas, all the processes that you have in your brain? Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. It'd be so easy if I could just download them, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's really cool. So, since you are now handling your team and you're communicating with your team members, what do you think makes a good boss or a great leader?
0: I think the biggest thing. That makes a good manager boss leader is not not acting as though you're better than the members of your team. I was trying to figure out a more eloquent way to say that. But <laughs> I if, don't
1: think we have one for that
0: <laughs> yeah, let's just say that how it is. I mean a lot of bosses and everyone's had the job right where their boss is just so arrogant and they talk down to their team members and everything's condescending right. If you can act as though, look, I've been here before. I've made this mistake before. I've dealt with this type of client before. I've dropped the ball on this kind of deadline before. If you can put yourself in the shoes of your team members and show them that you're just like them and kind of have that patience when things do go wrong because they're going to, they're going to respect you a lot more than if you're just kind of driving them and driving them and talking down to them. I think that's the biggest thing. If you can put yourself on an equal playing field as your team members and and give them the idea that we're all in this together. We're all striving to achieve the same goals here. That is going to be big for your team. They're gonna they're going to work harder for you because they yeah. know that you have their back, and they're gonna have your back. It, it creates that winning team mentality.
1: I love it. I just thought of a perfect word for for that for for the character that a leader should have. It's humility.
0: There it is. You know, yep, that's all it is. (laughs) Perfect.
1: Yeah. So good. I enjoy this episode, this interview. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So us business owners, we get so busy in a day and sometimes we forget about our individual growth. So how do you make sure that you continue to learn in order to stay on top of things within your role or to be still updated with what's going on in the world right now?
0: Yeah. I'm huge on podcasts. I'm huge on books and I'm huge on every single day. I have 30 minutes in the morning where I read it. I call it like my business reading. And so I read about marketing, branding, whatever it may be. I read about the stock market, what's going on around the world, try to gauge myself, you know, economically and stuff like that. Then books as well. I'm reading business, leadership, marketing, self-improvement, all those types of books. And I'm just trying to take in as much information as I possibly can throughout the day, because I think that. As you perpetually educate yourself, you're going to be able to communicate more effectively with clients, the people you have, personal relationships in your life, all that kind of stuff. It's very important to me to do that. And so I almost work it into my daily, not almost, I work it into my daily schedule. It's a priority of mine. And I think that a lot of times people stray away from that only because it's not a priority. They know it's important. Everyone knows it's important, but it's just not a part of their daily schedule. So make it a part of your daily schedule and it becomes a whole lot easier to continue educating yourself
1: yeah that's good so are you a learner that's why you're able to integrate that kind of habit in your daily life or it's because you're a business owner and you value learning to grow as an individual
0: So a little bit of both I guess I, I definitely value growing as an individual but I'm I'm a learner I, I'm always learning something new I, that's a passion of mine whenever I I kind of learn something to like three-fourths capacity. And then I'll move on to something else. So I just have this fascination. Right now, I'm learning how to become good at playing chess. It sounds so (laughs) but I've always wanted to do it. And so I'm practicing every single night. I'm learning how to play chess. I'm learning new opening moves and stuff like that. Those challenges present a lot of growth in your life. And so I feel like with, with those, you're always passionate about something. And a lack of passion causes you to get into a rut, right? And so I'm trying to always find something that I'm passionate about, even if it's something as, as goofy as you know, playing chess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing bad about that because sometimes, uh, sometimes we really need to just get off our minds from work. Especially now um, during COVID, like our offices is inside our house and sometimes it's hard to separate our work life to our personal life. So sometimes when I'm not doing anything, especially on weekends, my default mode is to go check my laptop and work yeah. that's the default mode so it's really important that we have something that we enjoy doing like learning how to play chess or yeah. spending time with people that you love so that's really important so what makes you feel inspired
0: what makes me feel inspired every single day is just so i try to become a little bit better at whatever it is that i'm doing every single day and that's what inspires me i have long-term goals But in my opinion, if you are only focused on achieving the long-term goal, that's not very inspiring because Mm -hmm. a lot of times that's very, very far away. And so what I try to do is create small little goals that are leading up to the big goal. And those are what keep me inspired every single day, right? Because I can achieve those in a shorter period of time than I can my long-term goals. And so mm-hmm. that's how I
1: stay inspired. Nice. That is super cool. Yeah, I would say amen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. So I'm going to wrap this up with my final question. So what would you say to entrepreneurs or business owners who wants to experience freedom and flexibility in their business right now?
0: Two things. Number one, keep going, because if you haven't reached that point yet, you just got to keep grinding. It, it, it's coming. You're hitting a wall that every entrepreneur hits right now. Number two, find ways to get some work off your shoulders. We've talked about it a lot in this podcast. It's the theme of mm-hmm. this podcast. Find ways to get work off your shoulders, and that can be outside of work as well. One of, one of the things Kate and I always talk about as an example is we outsource our grocery shopping right? We use Instagram. We don't go grocery shopping because it takes a lot of time. And so that was one thing that we said, okay, we don't have a lot of time. What can we get off of our backs to save us an hour a week? And so grocery shopping was one of those things. Do those things within your business and your personal life, and you're going to have a lot more freedom and flexibility.
1: Yeah. You know what? I also love grocery shopping, but sometimes I just want to relax on weekends and not do my grocery shopping. So- that. We're kind of the same. I also delegate that. I just have someone from online to do my grocery shopping and I only pay $5 on top of my groceries <laughs> spend. So I would be willing to pay $5 more and <laughs> yeah, and have some time for myself. That's really good. So where can people find you online?
0: Easiest place to find me online is on LinkedIn. Um, I'll spell my name. It's M-I-T-C-H-S-C-H-O-E-N-M-A-N. Mitch Schoenman. connect with me there. I'm posting there every single day. I'm pretty responsive on messages and stuff like that. So reach out to me. I think my email's on there. Um, maybe even my phone number. I guess if you want to call me again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have
1: an Instagram account for your company?
0: Uh, yeah, it's at Showtime Media MGMT. So you can you can follow us there on Instagram as well.
1: Awesome. All right. I'm going to put that in our show notes. And thank you so much for your time today, Mitch. I so love it. I appreciate your time being here today. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you learned a lot from this episode, please share this with your friends and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you have any questions. And if you need to hire a virtual assistant to help you get your life back, please visit smartvirtualassistants.com. See you next week for another episode. Thanks!